You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Shopify grows your business no matter how far or big you grow. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your fans' next favorite shirt or an exclusive piece of podcast merch, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Welcome to 3 a.m. 3 a.m. 3 a.m. Where we discuss and dissect the supernatural. What's the scariest thing you've encountered? That's been one of our favorite questions for years. 3 a.m. is the result of asking this question over and over again. Stories we share are typically sourced from those we know, our listeners, or personal experience. The validity of which can be determined by you, the listener. While we might not have all the answers, we find the culture and lore surrounding paranormal events and unnatural occurrences fascinating. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. Hey, yo. Welcome back to this week's episode of 3AM. My name is Charlie. My name is DJ. And my name is Sean. We're a group of pals who like to pal around and tell spooky tales in the forest. (laughs) Uh, how are you guys doing? It's been a long time. Dude, it's been so long since we recorded last. What's new? (laughs) Dude, so much. Do you guys ever talk to people in the real world about the podcast? And I'm not talking like close family friends, but like peripherals. Let me just stop you there. I don't talk to people in the real world. (laughs) Okay, noted. (laughs) I'm talking like coworkers, people you're kind of like, peripherally interact with so i and maybe this is just on me but it's like hard to express i've talked about like me running into like people in my neighborhood who have you know like they do normal things like sports and things like that and they're like oh where are you headed and i'm like i'm gonna go talk about ghosts with some friends you know what i'm saying (laughs) or just like family members like on the other side and they're like so what are you doing what do you do and you kind of have to explain it it's just for me at least it's awkward and maybe that's just an inner thing you know that uh Scene from National Treasure, the uh, great American gem of film creation, where he's trying to tell what they're looking for on the back of the Declaration of Independence to the uh, the curator of the museum. Uh-huh. That's usually how it turns out when I'm explaining. <laughs> like, like, I'm a podcast host. Oh, really? What is a podcast about? Well, we talk about certain things that may or may not exist <laughs> in a certain cryptozoological or paranormal atmosphere. Oh, really? Was that like like scary stories? Yeah, so like scary stories. 
but like campfire style. So it's kind of fun instead of creepy. That's honestly way better than what I do. <laughs> You're, well, that's way less awkward than what I do. And I guess uh, the point is when it clicks, it clicks. But when it doesn't, it's I want to die in the moment because <laughs> it's that awkward. But I recently found out from a relative. I had no idea listens to our podcast. And it's not on my side. This is on my wife's side. So shout out Stu. But Stu was going to bed one night and couldn't. Also, Stu is seven years old. <laughs> <laughs> so it's my little cousin. And apparently he was like having a hard time going to sleep. His mom came in, who's like my age, you know. And she's like, you okay? Like, do you want me to get you a melatonin? And he's like, yeah. She's like, do you want to listen to a podcast? Go to sleep. And he's like, yeah. So she's like leaving the room and he goes, Alexa, put on the 3 a.m. podcast. <laughs> and she like stopped at the doorway and she's like, uh. <laughs> and she told me that. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Stop your son right now from listening. Like, no seven-year-old should listen. First of all, before going to bed. <laughs> it's like not the best material. <laughs> Dude, even my 13-year-old brother or 14-year-old brother gets... I think I think he gets some nightmares after listening to us. Oh no! So <laughs> sorry, baby. Twice as <laughs> twice Stu's age. I know. know. Shout out Stu. Listen to your mom. Do your homework. Stay in school. <laughs> yeah, it's always awkward for me, but I feel like that, and I I hate talking about my interests most of the time <laughs> because I love counterculture and very like niche things. So there's not a lot of others who are into the same things. So. You know, when somebody is talking about a big football game, you know, so many people are into sports. There's so many people to talk to about it. So many people who are hip to that vibe. They know the players. They know everything about it. Yeah. So it's easy for them to click. So it's like, if I'm watching this or listening to this, like I nerd out on such like dumb things that like I almost feel like ashamed of sometimes. (laughs) I know what you're saying. I love like, I'll spend an hour looking at fonts. Yeah. Exactly. See? So I can't talk about my interest to anybody. You have to live in and shame. If I do, if I do talk about my interest to people, then it's like there's no connection either because they can't relate. It's always just like, oh cool. So that includes a spooky stories pod podcast. Where like a lot of people don't get it. But when you do find people who get it, when I find people who get it who best. like the same things as For me, real. then it's like I feel like I've come home. Yeah. Like I can just you instantly talk about link it about like, so many things. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> Dude, I used to have a friend. Don't feel bad because, I don't know. (laughs) I know what I like. So, and I'm like, I'm not mad that I like those things. I'm loud and I'm proud. Like, I love it, but it's also like I've forced myself into like a sheltered kind of. (laughs) (laughs) I I used to have a friend who um, I decided to be vulnerable with and share some things about myself with them. And they ridiculed me for it. (laughs) So, I told them I like to play Dungeons and Dragons. And Kevin just... (laughs) Okay. <laughs> was like okay nerd i don't care what Dumb anybody idiot, says piece of shit and i was like <laughs> i did not say that you did not say that but <laughs> definitely was pretty critical of you my said it uh, with your being yeah <laughs> i don't care what anybody says but dungeons and dragons is the shit yeah <laughs> had some of like laughed harder than any other time just so scared fun. more scared, scared dude. for real dude. dj once he was our dm and he did like a that's dungeon master <laughs> <laughs> see see why i can't talk to anybody about yeah. my interest yeah <laughs> because this happens <laughs> no but he was our dungeon master once and he did a one-off or a one shoot is that what it's called 
where it was just like quest just a side quest video yeah i wish where it was like spooky and scary things were happening and legitimately there was moments where i was like terrified about what was happening because you get so we were all gonna die yeah like in real life and then sean murdered someone anyway anyway (laughs) fun you really learn who you are inside yeah so the moral of the story is just be whatever you're into bro so and don't let the naysayers get you down. The amount of first dates that I've been on, I've become extremely well-versed in making myself seem really cool by having a podcast in 60 minutes. And then after 60 minutes, they're like, oh. <laughs> it wears scary off. Scary story. Else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's because you started playing it for them from the get-go. <laughs> that was your date like, idea. <laughs> Want to know who I am? <laughs> Ding, Shut up, bitch. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> put ding. in these AirPods. Yeah. Hi, my name is Sean, and we're just a bunch of friends. <laughs> I'm going to need you to put that AirPod on noise cancellation. Yeah. <laughs> As a non-podcaster, can I put in my two cents? Sure. Depends okay. on what You're your two like cents are. You're like a half are. podcaster at this point. I think we'll it's give you super one cool. <laughs> I think it's cool that you guys have a podcast. I think that's an awesome conversational like starter. I tell literally everybody that you guys have a podcast. Everybody. I've found randos I meet on the street everywhere. Dude, thank you. I appreciate that. We do. And we we do appreciate when people do talk about us. Because that's the only way we grow. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. It's and it's the best way to grow too, just organic. So that's how you know that it's actually cool because I do things for attention. I love attention. And so if if I feel like that's gonna get me like more attention or like cool by association, yeah. Then I'm like, this shouldn't even be a thing that you should be like. Oh yeah, podcast. I'm like, what? No, that's awesome. Like, that's so cool. Sorry, that's just my. And let me just say, like, here I am 100 comfortable. I think it's just mostly like me and who I am. I'm so hypercritical, and I just assume people think. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I do recognize, and like in the moment, I'm like, yeah, this is the coolest thing I've been a part of, and I love it. But when I have to talk to a normie who just like doesn't get it, I'm like, I hate this. I don't want to do it. Bro, you don't want to explain up. it. <laughs> But yeah. Yeah. There's days where I'm really feeling it, like with whatever interests, like I'm occupying my time with. There's some days where it's like a grind. Yeah. It really is a grind. I feel. But yeah, with explaining this podcast, it's cool from the get go. Tell someone I have a podcast, like dope. And then when it comes to the subject matter, that's like the make or break for them. Yeah. It's either like super dope and they start telling these scary stories. My grandma has, dude, this one time. Or, like, the worst of it is, huh. But why? <laughs> how, oh. how, how do you get in? How do you get into that? But, but why? And you're just like, never mind. <laughs> why would you ever? Why ever would you? <laughs> anyway. Have I you brought, had people react like that before? 100%. Yeah. Or Hello. it's just like, they're like, I've never, in all the people I've ever told, none of them have ever been like, oh. oh. I've, I've legit had people just be like, oh. Really? Anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you? Yeah. No, I've had people be like. Both sides? Or it's like, yeah, oh. yeah. Both both sides. Where it'll be one side will be like, really? Why? What? And other people who'll be like, damn, that's the coolest thing. Yeah, that's, most, that's mostly the reaction I get. So all you need to be out there like Kevin and just start accosting people on the street and telling them <laughs> about our podcast. Chase them down if you have to. Do you listen to podcasts? <laughs> well, you do now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Give me your phone. Download these episodes. <laughs> I brought that all up just to shout out Stu because I was like, when I heard a seven-year-old was listening to us, I was like, damn it. <laughs> like, no bueno. 
Sorry, Stu. I'll tell less scary stories <laughs> yeah, from now on. Yeah. Everyone watch their language. <laughs> anyway, this duty head the other day. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, the first fans we ever met were two high school girls. Oh, <laughs> yeah. 18-year-old high school. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> dude, did you hear about Casey and Lindsay? The pistachio? Dude, Kevin. Fill us in. So, um... Casey, one of my all-time best friends, him and his wife. <laughs> so Casey's listening to the podcast from day one. But Casey sent me a text today that said, tell Charles that his story about pistachios saved Lindsay's life today. <laughs> tell him what I said about pistachios. So I said it was like when you're eating pistachios. It was, it was the episode where they were talking about like the weird facts from Reddit, right? Mm-hmm. And like when you're eating pistachios and you can get a weird tasty one, it's because a worm has burrowed in there and died. And so Lindsay was eating pistachios today. Like Casey told her that little fact. And so she like looks into her bag of pistachios and pulls one out and is all, do you think this one is bad? Because it looked funky. So they cracked it open and there's a worm inside. Uh, <laughs> they're pics? Huh? Are there pics? Oh, I don't know. Pictures? <laughs> Lindsay was all like, I almost threw up. I had to throw the whole bag away. <laughs> <laughs> so then <laughs> Casey was all, well, I guess also tell Charles, thanks for ruining pistachios. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm coming for the whole pistachio market. You guys are going down. <laughs> and then they said at least the ones that have shells. <laughs> mm, true. Yeah, you can get the shellless bags. But I mean, dude, our, our podcast is doing good. We helped one person. True. <laughs> so check. Success. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's been a couple of weeks. Into the new year already. Oof. All anybody can say about 2020 for the most part is how terrible it was. And while there were a lot of lows, what were some of your guys' highs? I almost feel guilty because like the sentiment is you're supposed to hate it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's supposed to be terrible. You know what I mean? Because everyone's having such a hard time. And while I will admit this was like one of the hardest years of my life for a lot of personal reasons outside of pandemic and stuff like that. I think creatively I've achieved things that I've wanted to for a long time. I have imposter syndrome really bad. And some of those things have gone away where I feel like, no, I, I deserve to call myself like graphic designer, podcast producer, stuff like that. So there's been like a lot of things in my personal skills I've reached. Is that what you're kind of asking for or no? Sure. But like, were you talking about maybe like some things that came out or like, what's our favorite stuff? Anything, anything. Uh, I'll talk about some of my favorite. I'm going to talk about my favorite movie and favorite TV show. Favorite movie was The Gentleman. Bro, that's what I was going to say. Then if you're going to say that, I'll say Knives Out. That was 2019 though. Then perfect. The Gentleman. (laughs) (laughs) Gentleman and those Guy Ritchie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome Such a good movie. Uh, Before you go watch it, do know it's insanely crude, but that's like what I love. It's where I feel at home. Just so fast, varied plots that come together, and it's just like good writing, witty, great actors all around. Super fun movie. Yeah. But The Gentleman was great. Very creative, clever storytelling. Mm -hmm. I love when the storyteller takes like non-linear approaches, Mm -hmm. and just you have all the pieces, it's a huge puzzle, and you don't know what the end result's going to be, and you watch them put it together like perfectly, and by the end, it's like you see this big picture. And everything makes sense and everything fits and it feels good. Oh, yeah. yeah. Chef's kiss. For real. When you can tell a movie's not made for the lowest common denominator, which I sound like 
an asshole boy right now, but like most movies coming out of Hollywood, you can tell are made for like the dumbest person. And the gentleman just wasn't. It was made for, you had to be quick. You had to like listen. You had to pay attention. They'd reference something here and then it would come back like two hours later and they wouldn't mm. tell you right away. You had to remember. Yeah. Mm. So I just appreciate that type of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Same. There were a lot of movies that were supposed to come out this year. I mean, like everything else, there's a lot of things that were supposed to happen in general. <laughs> Serotonin <laughs> production yeah. in my head. <laughs> I'm just um, so I was a little disappointed because I feel like I didn't get to intake as much as I was hoping to. Mm-hmm. But uh, Gentleman was one. Did you guys see Soul? I did. Yeah. yeah? I watched it like on one. Christmas or something. Did you finally watch it? What did you yeah. think? It was so beautiful. It's so beautiful. It was so good. Way different than what I thought. Yeah. Incredibly complex message and yep. theme. And like mature for a Very kids mature movie. theme. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know how a lot of animated films, uh, mo- they're mostly for children, but you can see like how they sprinkle like a little bit of like something for the adults watching mm-hmm. <laughs> to make it a little bearable. This felt like an adult animated film with like sprinkles of stuff for, for children kids. Yeah. yeah for kids but like everything that they tackled was very mature death life existing purpose why you're here yeah yeah. Uh, yeah it's uh i'm not a huge pixar fan but uh pixar nailed it with this one uh i was listening to charlemagne the god talk about it and yeah. something he brought up and i was like huh like that is awesome is he was saying he loved how it was a role for a human and not written for like a black person so you could have interchanged that to have been like a white guy or a black guy and it wouldn't have mattered because he was saying like in animation, if it's for a, if like it's a black person, it's like clearly written as a black person mm-hmm. with like all, I don't know what to call them, like stereotypes or like things you would assume only a black person would be into. But he was like, no, like this was just a person who happened to be black. And like, that's where things need to move. And I was like, that is true. Like I did appreciate that. That movie was like anybody could have related to it. Uh-huh. It was human, universal. Mm-hmm. Soul, maybe 10, 10 out of 10. Ooh, it's a good one. Yeah. What else? Um, what about TV shows? <sighs> Dude, I found, no, I didn't find. I was shown by Reed, a TV show that struck so deeply inside of me. I'm like obsessed with it and I'm still thinking about it. I haven't watched it yet. I know what you're oh. talking about. First of all, I was on Reddit and I saw this random thread and it was talking about this old TV show that people were obsessed with and it had one season and then it disappeared. Mm-hmm. And the whole background story of the, the episode is, has to do with like conspiracy and like puzzles and hidden meanings and things like that. And so it was like this mysterious British show that came and went and it has this like hardcore fan base that's small, but they're like about it. Mm-hmm. And they remade the show and they put it out this year. And it's on Amazon Prime. And it's called Utopia. Hmm. And they wrote it before 2020, before the pandemic. And the story and the and the plot of it is oddly and weirdly applicable to everything that happened in 2020. So much so that the beginning like minute of the show is like, this is uh, fiction. <laughs> this has nothing <laughs> to do with real things going on. Don't be like that. It's so crazy because you guys started that while Mal and I were in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. So I came home and you guys were watching it. You guys were like on episode yeah, three or something. Watching. Yeah. And so I caught maybe like a half an hour of it. And all I could think was, man, they made this show so real fast. quick. <laughs> like it oh. was tackling every single thing going on. 
I don't know, in the world right now, or at least in the U.S. politically, and then in the world with the pandemic and vaccines and, like, government mm. control and protesting. And it's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. So. You like Kevin that show, and I though. stayed up all night and watched You guys it. binged it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will kind of blame the reason I showed up to my plane at 9 a.m. is because I stayed up till 6 a.m. like watching that show. <laughs> but that's not so true, so I can't do that. <laughs> but yeah, Utopia is my favorite show. How about you guys? For me, I really appreciated The Queen's Gambit. Dude, I appreciated Queen's Gambit Freaking too. Nerds. And I don't know why. I loved it. There, it's not. There's no crazy plot or antagonist. They're not fighting the world or... It's a very simple show. It was pretty entertaining on the, I don't know, just a basic level. So um, I just thought it was really entertaining and it super got me into playing chess again. Dude, I'm like playing chess daily. I'm already up to a 520. That's my rank. Ooh, Sean and I play chess like for four hours straight. In. <laughs> while we're well, up in Idaho. Well, we're in Idaho, dude. <laughs> and I was like, guys, want to work on the pod? They're like, night to E5. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I also like like strategy games. And so like the whole movie was all about that strategy. And I was like, this is kind of cool. Just tickled your fancy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, what's her name? Anya? Nope. Anya Business. <laughs> Anya Nuts. <laughs> Anya Taylor-Joy. No, it is Anya. <laughs> Anya Taylor-Joy, very good actress. She has a unique look. Her eyes are enormous. Her, I think that's so cool. Super po- Disney princess. Yeah, but like real life. Yeah. Super poised the whole show. She she nailed it. Uh, Queen's Gambit was on my list. I watched a couple animes last year. He was watching one that I came in like an episode or two late and started watching it too because it was so dope. Really? Was it Hunter? It was Hunter, Hunter x Hunter. Hunter. Yeah. Dude, that one's fun. It's funny because that show's like... 20 years old then they remade it 10 years ago so it's not new by any means but i've never seen anything about it until this year like after i watched it i saw like a thousand memes about it but maybe that's why i saw a thousand memes because i watched it and they were listening out there but your fbi guy was like i got you but i feel like it was also trending i don't know Mm. anyway uh what else any books music podcast i have been that you want to guess audiobooks yeah you, both of you guys have been li- like big on audiobooks the past Charles year. definitely goes through them way faster than I do but yeah it's become kind of an issue because I'm like you know I'm trying to save but I'm like I need another book <laughs> yeah. uh, my I am a sucker for murder mysteries <laughs> so that's like exclusively what I'm listening to lately Nancy Drews <laughs> yeah pretty much hardy, <laughs> hardy boys the hard boys uh, I went through King's like discography or at least like his top tens and then I just started moving into exclusively uh, murder mysteries Mm-hmm. So I did the classic Agatha Christie's. Those were all good. They're so fun. Yeah, I'd suggest if you're like interested in reading like an easy read. It's a little difficult because it's like old English type language. Mm-hmm. But fun writing. I don't know. And she was like the birthplace for so many, like the genre basically. Mm-hmm. So Agatha Christie, I would do. And then there were none. ABC Killer, Death on the Nile. That's all I can think of right now. But then I moved and I've read a couple that I really like. One's called The Guest List. Mm, yeah. And one's called Hunting Party. Super fun. Dope. Anyway. Mm. Sorry. I'm like, no, because I'm already many, looking for more books. To, how many books did you read last year? Dude, probably like 12. 
And I didn't read them. I listened to them, yeah. but still. Yeah. yeah. I hate the people who are like, if you listen That's to audiobooks, not it's not the same thing. It's like, eat my dick. I wonder if <laughs> I have like the <laughs> dates on when Read my these. wiener. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. Uh, I don't know. I probably did like 12 That's called to a short 20. story. <laughs> <laughs> a haiku. <laughs> Girl, come get that haiku. <laughs> Our boy Sean here is a tall tale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> DJ's a wide wiener. <laughs> uh, um, what about you? Any books? Children. Um, I actually, I read a couple books and listened to a couple books because I was reading them, like the actual physical book for the 75 hard. Yeah. Um, and then I also share Audible with Charles. And so I was listening to books as well. One of the no, ones, we have we have two accounts Audible. <laughs> Audible. We have Damn, two accounts. Cute. Sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one book that I listened to, actually, there were a couple. There was this one called Old Bones, where they go in search of like the Donner Party, and there's like this whole mystery surrounding it. It's kind of cool. And mm. then, and I really like mystery books too, but sometimes I like the lighter mysteries. So I listened to this one called Mister Penumbra's Twenty Four Hour Bookstore and loved it. Ooh, it was I'm so good. Next. Cool. And, That's a cool title. And like just you telling me you'll look at fonts for like three hours you would love this book too because it ha- it's integral to the book different cool. fonts different fonts <laughs> dude i gotta listen now yeah dope. it's so good loved it dope how about you do you dude, like books i have a hard bible. time <laughs> yeah <laughs> in me turn bible <laughs> um the new testament <laughs> Um, dude, I have a hard time. I've tried to read so many books. I just can't because I don't know how to read. Yeah. <laughs> Words no. are hard. Yeah. Um, I always fall asleep reading mm-hmm. books. Yeah. So maybe I should try an audio book, but that's initially why I started listening to them because then I can actually be doing something at the same time. Yeah. And like driving, like I'll try and listen to books while driving instead of Kevin's looking at me. Like all funny because he likes listening to books too. He just agrees. I feel guilty with audiobooks though at the same time because anytime I'm watching a movie or I'm listening to music or consuming media that like I really care about, I feel like I have to give it my hundred percent attention. I feel you. I don't know where that comes from, but it's for like a few different reasons. Like I feel like I owe it to the creator. I feel it's disrespectful. Yeah. I feel you. I'm the same way. It's like if someone's on their phone during the whole time of the movie, cool, but it's like I know they're not enjoying the movie the way it's as supposed well to as be, they could be. Yeah, you know? taken in. Yeah. So I don't know. It just If I have an audiobook, I feel like, yes, I can do other things, but it can be a distraction at the same time. Mm-hmm. I feel you. So yeah. I don't know. I, I haven't dived into a lot of books, but music, every year I swear I find more and more music. I don't have a lot of playlists. I really only make one playlist a year, and it's just the music that comes out that year. So it's just named by the year. So 2020, I had like 1,400 songs, and I listened to every one at least twice. Mm-hmm. And it's, I don't know, it's fun for me to find new music. It's my favorite pastime, just like digging through the crates, finding new music. You did um, your Spotify wrapped, right? I did do my Spotify wrapped. So what was like the one that the one artist or the one song that was on top? Uh, <laughs> shame, shame. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, the number one song on my Spotify rap is uh, called What the F*** is Happening. <laughs> applicable. Is applicable to the year 2020. <laughs> um, 
Anything else, boys? Nah. All right, let's get into it. Let's get into our stories. All right. Now's the time that we roll our 20-sided die to see who goes first and what order we tell our stories. Highest goes first and so on and so on. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. I have benefited from therapy in a way that it's allowed me to feel a lot more light, lightness in my heart, my head, my emotions. If that's something that you're needing, if that's something that's missing, uh, give therapy a try. Give BetterHelp a try. Uh, We want to hook you up um, by getting it off your chest. Uh, and it be a little lighter on the wallet, uh, go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash 3am and you can get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash 3am. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. You're listening to Stop the Killing podcast. Join us as we take you behind the crime scene tape to explain global mass shootings and mass attacks. I'm Sarah Ferris, but more importantly, this is Catherine Schweit, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've traced heroic acts of bravery and I've sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify, and all the usual suspects. Yeah. 11. 18. Seven. I thought that was another one. <laughs> so Charles, then me, then Sean. Whoa! Is oh, it the same oh. as last time? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Merlin's beard. <laughs> all right, it's me tonight. First of all, this story is from Odd Man Eighty. Shut up. But this story starts at two a.m. in the morning. This man hears a knock at his front door. And I imagine he, it, the knock probably happened a couple times before he re- woke up and realized what the hell was going on. Makes his way downstairs, and as he's walking towards the door, another knock at the door. So he goes up to the viewfinder and looks through and sees nothing. So he stops, turns. He's about to walk away when again, a knock at the door. Looks through the viewfinder this time. Nothing there. There's no way anyone could have knocked on the door and gotten away in that amount of time. So with the chain on the door, he slowly opens the door and looks through. And he sees a man lying on his porch, covered in blood. And the man moans. First of all, what the hell do you guys do? I'm assuming the porch light is already on. Mm-hmm. 
Like, stand up, dude. That's why I couldn't see you. You're on the ground. <laughs> Bro, what well, the hell? getting blood all over my porch for? <laughs> um, do I let him in? I don't know. Me too. Like, if we're being 100% honest, I'd, I would be sketched out. Yeah. Yeah. I. What if it's a trap? What yeah, if it's, yeah you exactly. Know, That's what so I was So many thinking. things going through your head. Yeah. But hopefully I'm not home by myself. I'd get Sean or Kevin to come help me out. One person stand guard. I'm just going to run out with my knife, dick swinging. They're not going to be able to charge me. I'll yeah, charge out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Intimidate. I, I helicopter, and if he's still on the ground bleeding and in pain, then it's like, okay, you're legit. It's legit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you ain't faking, bro. Yeah. All right, well, this person decides, keep the door closed, chain, I'm sure, shat his pants, and starts trying to talk to the person. What's going on? Who are you? What's going on? And he can tell through a ton of pain, this man tells him he's been mugged. He needs help. Can I call my wife? So the man hands him a cordless phone, calls his wife, and they call the paramedics. So this story was actually sent to, or this story was actually written by the perspective and from the guy who was mugged. So we'll go back and find out what happened to him. He was at a bachelor party, super fun bachelor party. They had done, they, you know, they got super rowdy, made amazing memories, and he's on his way home in the taxi when he realizes they forgot to have dinner. They were doing so much. They went so wild. They didn't, they had this whole steak dinner planned and he, they completely skipped it. How do you forget dinner? I don't know, but his stomach didn't. So it starts rumbling. Tells the ta- and he said, this is way before Uber. Tells the taxi driver, hey, drop me off at Dunkin' Donuts. I'm going to grab me some cheese and egg biscuits. <laughs> so he gets dropped off, gets two egg and cheese biscuits, and he starts walking home. And he has a choice. I can go through the quiet neighborhood or like the super busy, busy street where like there's a ton of drunk people and drunk drivers. And he's like, I'm going to go on the quiet road to avoid the drunk drivers. So he's walking down the street and there are two men walking towards him. And his immediate thought is cross the street. And as he's about to take a step off the curb, he thinks, no, dude, no, I'm going to treat these guys like normal guys. I'm not going to assume anything wrong. I'm just going to walk right past them. So he stays on the road or on the sidewalk, walks right up to him. Gives him a little dude nod. They both give dude nods back. He's like, cool. I treated these men like humans. You know, I feel proud of myself. And right when he passes them, he sees one of the guy's hands raised in the air. And like a flash through the air. And the guy brought down a tire iron as hard as he could on the back of his head. Lights explode. He hits the ground, but he stays conscious. Immediately, both men are on top of him. One of them's holding his arms down. The other one's going through all of his pockets. And he starts moaning like, and he says, take whatever you want. Just don't hurt me. And they say, shut the up or we'll kill you. And they keep going through his pockets. And they say, where's your wallet? And he says, which pocket is in? They roughly go inside, grab it. And he says, it's in the front pocket. Just, just, I, you know, take whatever you want. They say, shut up or we will kill you right now. So he goes quiet grab everything he has and they both stand up and they kick the shit out of him and then they run away and he's still conscious meanwhile last episode we were talking about porch pirates like (laughs) yeah someone stole my monthly toothpaste (laughs) someone stole this dude's life (laughs) almost he sees a porch light on 
and with all the strength he can muster because he, he has broken bones, he's severely concussed. He crawls to the door and he just is able to like knock on the door when the guy answers the door. Story ends with him saying, I managed to get into a the paramedic, the back of an ambulance. I remember it. He said they, they he distinctly remembers the paramedic saying, we should take him to the good hospital because <laughs> it was like severe enough. <laughs> but he was like, I do not suggest going like 20 minutes in an ambulance with a concussion over cobblestone, which is what they did. He said he had felt like every bump. Ugh. He made a full recovery. He was completely fine. But he said the absolute saddest part of the story was that he never got to eat. God damn it. His egg <laughs> and cheese biscuits. <laughs> I'd be pissed about that too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but that's odd, man. Holy smokes. <laughs> I have a couple short stories I'm going to do tonight. And they all kind of have a theme. Real quick. Go for it. That reminded me of this time when my car exploded. And I remember the last thing like that I thought of before, oh, I get to get a new car, was, damn, I had a brand new pair of Nikes in that car <sighs> as it's on fire. <laughs> Dang. Not even sad about the car. I was like, but the Nikes, though. My kicks. <laughs> Dang, Nike, did you hear that? Send me some free Nikes, please. <laughs> Tell me I'm poor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to hide it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. That is sad. They should have sent you something for pity. Like, you can walk to your job now. They <laughs> sent you some monarchs. <laughs> some air pegasus. I don't even got kids yet. <laughs> Let's say the house is on fire and you have... Time to grab one item. What are you grabbing? My phone. Yeah. Let's say your phone's on your on you. Okay, my wallet. Wallet. Kevin says his green beanie. Well, Rob Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> DJ. Uh, my MacBook. That's mine too. No. Cool. Mm. All right. Next story. This happened to this person when they were five or six, and this is from Maybe Pants. <laughs> So when they were about five or six, they live in a small town. This town was predominantly a farming town. It had about 1,200 people. Their dad was the manager of the bank, the only bank in town. While he was acting manager. What? Nothing. It's just a Venmo account. (laughs) (laughs) Just a bucket people put put their coins in. Yeah, a tip jar. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Uh. So while their dad was manager, there was a farmer who missed several payments on their mortgage. Bank ended up foreclosing their farm and seizing it, like taking it from the farmer. A couple days later, the farmer walks into the bank with a rifle in hand, points it at dad, and threatens him. After like a long time of talking and debating, I don't know how, but somehow the police are called. He's apprehended. No one's hurt. Police take him away and he's going to get processed and put in jail. But he posts bail and he gets out. So a few days later, dad, mom, all brothers and sisters are sitting around the kitchen table having dinner. And they live on this country road where there's like nothing out there. And as they're sitting there, they hear crunch of gravel outside and the creak of brakes. And they see headlights swing swing past the front windows. They go, who the heck is that? Because they're not expecting anyone. So they go, look through the window, and they see the same man walking to the door, this time with a shotgun in his hand. 
Immediately, dad tells the entire family to run. The man's already at the front door and he's banging on the front door with a shotgun. They all turn and sprint out the back of the house and they're able to run to a neighbor's house. But before they leave, this kid and dad both look at the front door and it's unlocked. But the guy just didn't check the door. He assumed it was locked, so he started banging on the door. They ran to the neighbor's house, called the cops. Cops came and got him, and this time they put him in jail, and there was no, there was no bail. Damn. Cops said there would be no bail, but regardless, the whole family stayed in the hotel like several towns down for like weeks before they went home. And this person said, if he would have checked the door, it is very possible that he could have came in and just obliterated the whole family or at least murdered the dad in front of all the kids. Lock your doors, kids. Yeah. So narrowly escaped death. Or real. Not smart, though. If they knew he posted bail yeah, and that he went loose. Bro, why are you having family dinner? <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's who knows if the cops told him. Do you know what I mean? I know a story where I don't know any of the specifics and I'll have to look it up. But there was a girl who was like raped and almost killed by this dude. Put him in jail. The police didn't tell her that they released him from prison like 10 years later. And she was in a restaurant and he walked by her. So like stuff like that happens where like they just they don't tell you. They don't tell you when like. Why? I don't know. Why, why, why? That's just. I think it's. I think they're not allowed to unless you ask. Mm. Like just like realtors <laughs> yeah protecting his right i guess well that's wrong so. <laughs> two rights don't make a wrong wait what <laughs> all right last one for me tonight so this was from she's a firecracker so they said they actually didn't realize that this was a scary situation at all until many years, years after it later. happened kind of like kevin's hitchhiking story yeah <laughs> anyway uh, they said, so this is a female and they said when they were a teenager, they worked at a gas station, which sketchy things happen at gas station. Not yeah. only did they work alone in a gas station, back massages, back massages <laughs> that you heard on last week's episode. Uh, not only was she like a young teenage girl working at a gas station, but she would routinely close alone. So she'd be there till like well after midnight. That's no bueno. Dude, like I wouldn't do, I wouldn't feel comfortable doing that. As a 30-year-old dude, just because, like, alone, I don't know, you get robbed. Anyway, so she said all the time she'd be closing, and there was some weird customers. There were some weird things happening, but it wasn't the weird customers and the spooky noises she heard at night that was the scariest thing. She said several times a week she would be closing, and then out of the shadows or the corner, her boss would just pop up and scare her. So not he, okay he was a middle-aged what kind of a scare just like ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, tickling her sides oh, gotcha <laughs> i don't like that yeah maybe That's i don't know she just <laughs> she just said he would like pop up and just like come out of the shadows at like different places at different times giving her the impression that he he had been like watching her for a while smeagol ass <laughs> yeah so this dude is a middle-aged man has a wife and kids, should no and would have like no reason for why he was there. It's like, why aren't you home with your wife and kids? What's going on? You've been off for seven hours? Yeah. 
and he would just like when he did it, he would act like it's completely normal. So even if she was like, "What the hell are you doing?" You know, he'd be like, "Oh, it's, you know, it's nothing. Whatever. You know, <laughs> it's normal." Eh. <laughs> she said. Like, she knew this man super well. She still has, to this day, his phone number and his wife's phone number in her phone. It was odd. He gave her weird feelings. He even showed up at her high school graduation, like, uninvited. He was just in the crowd, and she, like, turned and saw him. He didn't have any kids in high school. Weird, right? So she thinks, okay, I had a creepy boss when I was a teenager. So what? Until recently, she hears... He is on trial for murder where he stabbed a young female sex worker to death. And and he did this back in like 94. And the only reason they know is because advancements in DNA and like all the stuff they're able to do now, they linked him to this murder. And so she said, yeah, many years later, I now realize that like those weird, creepy feelings were justified. For real, you gotta be mm. careful out there. Them creepy bosses be out there. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, just crazy to hear people's <clears throat> narrows escape with like death, From death or something yeah. worse. Mm-hmm. Worse. It's it's weird to hear. I was reading so many different accounts. Some of them are so matter of fact about it. Some of them would preface with like, "This is this is really difficult to talk about," you know. Mm-hmm. But some, to go through something like that would be crazy. Oh yeah. You guys ever had a near-death experience? A couple, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure I've had several. Like I fell, I told you that one time I fell 12 feet mm-hmm. and rebar went through my hand. And if it would have gone through my chest, I could have died. Uh, I was climbing on a cliff once and I had a distinct impression. You need to turn around now. It was like hundreds of feet above the ground. I was scaling sandstone. And it was like crumbling under my hands. Yes. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'll just put butter on my hands before yeah. I climbed. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't grab anything. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm surprised I'm alive. Yeah. No, I was in a car accident where the tow truck driver apparently had told my dad after the fact. He's like, I've been doing this for 30 years and I've never seen anyone come out of an accident that bad alive. And both me and my dad were came out of it. Jeez. Where like mm-hmm. the truck like. We swerved, flipped into a ditch, and then the trailer we're pulling like jackknife and landed on top of the truck. And so, yeah, that Damn. one was that one was wild. And that is wild. Another time, me and a friend were out hiking, and it had just rained, and we knew we were like kind of on the edge of this gorge where there was a river down below, but we didn't know how close. I was like fourteen, maybe fifteen. I slipped and found out how close we were because I slip and slide all the way to the edge and like grab onto this tree. I'm hanging off the side of this cliff. And my friend who also had just dislocated his knee like three months ago. So he was in a cast hobbles over, like holding onto a tree and like hands me his broken leg to grab on <laughs> the cast. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> so that one was, that one was a close call as well. Cause it, it was a good hundred, hundred feet fall down to that river. Oh my God. <laughs> Those are the two I can think of. Maybe that one time where my car exploded too, but I didn't feel as in much danger on that one. Hmm. I'm lucky. I don't think I... like, I sprained my ankle. (laughs) (laughs) And I swear, it almost hit a major artery. (laughs) (laughs) 
And boom, I'm at risk for dying from COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Every day I live in fear, Sean. (laughs) I live in fear of just pebbles on on flat ground. (laughs) Uneven surfaces. Yeah. Terrifying. Potholes. (laughs) Flipping cars and like cliffs. Those don't come around that often. Pebbles. They're everywhere. (laughs) Have you seen them? Black guys are scary. I haven't. (laughs) Clearly. I step on all of them. He said black ice, dude. Oh, oh. <laughs> what the hell, Kevin? You <laughs> said black guys are scary. No, so black ice are scary. <laughs> black ice. <laughs> okay. Is that you? <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That means it's me. All right. I'm excited with this one. This is a topic that we've never covered before. So Ooh. maybe you guys have stories or something that you can pitch in because it's a fresh topic. Dope. Uh, it's all new ground. So I'm just going to share. It's like, what haven't we covered yet? I know. I don't know, dude. <laughs> We're 80 episodes deep, you know, 85, including like the three PMs. Surprising. I'm going to share the story from the 60s. So specifically December 5th, 1966. You can search this up yourself out there. A 92-year-old retired doctor, John Bentley died from a fire of unknown origin mm. in Pennsylvania. Can, the, I, can I say what I think it is? Or do you want to wait? Give me a second. Okay. Actually, yes, go. Spontaneous human combustion. Yes, dude. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, okay. Listen to the rest of the story. This uh, elderly man walked with, a, with the aid of a walking frame. The fire apparently was confined to a small area of the doctor's bathroom, which burned a hole in the floor. Most of his body was reduced to ash. There's a picture of this scene. What? Are you all ready? Mm -hmm. Don't look yet, Sean. Sean's looking. (laughs) Snatch. I know. (laughs) I love tattling, dude. It's so funny. Like when they were playing chess, anytime someone walked away, I was like, Sean's moving the pieces. <laughs> and he, he wasn't. But. This is it. What the hell, dude? Oh, no. <laughs> that's me after I ate Taco Bell. <laughs> is that a foot? Yeah, that's, a, that's a human foot. That's his leg. Uncharred. Yeah. Completely intact. That's so weird. Except for the rest of the body. Sus, bro. (laughs) Completely intact. (laughs) Except not. (laughs) Yeah. Spontaneous human combustion. I haven't heard this for a long time. Yeah. It doesn't, obviously, it doesn't happen often. So (laughs) that's probably a factor in why we don't hear about it a lot. But um, for those of you who don't know, the spontaneous human combustion cases are defined by. Smoking, blistering, or burning of a person in the absence of a known identifiable nearby burn agent. That is, if you can rule out an external emission source. Another hallmark of SHC is that while the victim's body burns almost entirely, the surrounding environment is largely unscathed. So, there's an electrical engineer and scientist who made this one of his big life studies. So he's compiled stories and think he may have done autopsies as well or worked directly with victims of SHC. 
and he wrote a book about it. His name's Larry Arnold. So you can look up his book, look up some of his work. Um, I wanted to share another story that has to deal with this, and that's going to be for our patrons. <laughs> Dang. So if you're not a patron, go ahead and you should see a link in our bio and Instagram or in your streaming platform. There should be a link to patreon.com slash the 3 a.m. pod where you can listen to this week's bonus story. That's that me, was a though. real fire story. Thanks, DJ. <laughs> Man, damn, that was hot. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thanks, G. Who's next? I don't know. That's me, guys. Oh. Let's do this. All right, guys. So my story today comes from Dr. White Rabbit, and we're going to Africa. Oh. Mm. Some. Bless the rains. Mahalo. No. Bless uh, the rains. <laughs> what did she say? What did she say in Mean Girls? That's a different cl- type of color. She's people. all jumbo. Jumbo, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's late. It's close. Oh, no, it's not close, dude. But, okay. So Mahalo. we're going to the Mana Pools, Mana Pools oh. National Park. And it's in Zimbabwe. <laughs> What, dude? Sorry, I'm just so lost now. Like, I don't know where I am in the world. <laughs> so it's in Zimbabwe, and the story coming from person writing it says that they prefer this national park over your typical safaris and stuff like that because they're more touristy. And he says even that like the fences they'll have around those national parks make them feel caged. So mm. they'll go out to this other one that's just really off of the beaten path they're going to be like the only people there. They go all the time. He says that he and his uncle and cousin would go to this place as much as they could. And if they didn't have work and lives, they would go even more. So one time they end up going out to this Manipal's National Park and they've taken a bunch of their friends that are that have come over from the United States. They're going to take them to a real safari in their in their words. Is this person who's writing from the United States? No, they're from Zimbabwe. Yeah. So they're taking them out to this national park that's not going to be so touristy. So they get the real experience. They'll be able to see like animals come straight up to their camps. They had like cabins and stuff, they said, but he says that they actually preferred to just set up tents. Yikes. So they're wiling out. Yeah, for real. He did say he had like his his 375 rifle and they they all had guns that they could protect themselves with if they needed to. So they weren't worried. Mm. Now they head out and the first day that they get there, and they're going to be there for probably a week or so, he heads out to go see if he can spot any tracks so that he can give his friends from the United States a good idea of what they're going to be able to expect on this trip. So he goes and he finds, he says he finds some lion prints and he finds a cheetah print and he also comes across these prints that he doesn't recognize. He says they're about... And he's doing this in centimeters, so I had to do the conversion for you. It's about 12 inches long and about five inches wide. That was just my (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Now, he's confused, though, because it looks like it's in the shape of a human footprint. (laughs) But, like, the toes, where the toes would be, look like they're, like, claws. So he's just kind of looking at it, confused, and his uncle comes up behind him. And he says, what did we find? A furry. Oh, shit. 
that would be the scariest thing that could happen, <laughs> to be honest. Just out there yiffing in the <laughs> Manipools National Park. But here's the thing. Uh, I know we're cracking jokes, but the idea of like skinwalkers in Africa has never crossed my mind. And this is what it feels like. And that idea is terrifying. That's like not just Arizona. <laughs> oh, no. 100% seeing that to him, he was like, this is terrifying. Mm. His uncle comes up. He's like, what do we find? He says, well, I found some other prints, lion, cheetah, but I don't recognize these. And his uncle kind of looks at it and he's like, well, it's probably a big baboon then. And they kind of laugh about it and head off. Oh, gosh. King Kong. With, without saying anything else. So after that, they don't see anything that may, matches the footprints, but they do see lots of elephant. They, they do see lions. All of the above show up in this park. And it's kind of at the lower end of the Zambezi River where it becomes uh, lakes during the dry season where all of the big animals will end up coming up and drinking. So it's a great place for that wildlife viewing. Now, he said the week is kind of uneventful. They do see some other people that are across the river from them that were fishing and stuff like that. And it doesn't seem like they were at the time they saw them close to their camp, but down the river somewhere. Mm. Now, on day five, he decides to go out paddling on the river to find some good fishing areas himself so they can take their friends from the U.S. out there. And he comes paddling along to this camp with the other people. He docks his canoe and gets out, and it looks like they're kind of frantic, like the men that are there. And one of them appears to be working on the car that they brought, and the other one's just kind of looking at a map. He hails them, and he's like, hey, uh, is the fishing in this area of the river any good? Just kind of trying to suss out the area. And the guy was like pale. He described him as pale, like he was almost afraid of something. And he says, well, we we don't know. Once we get the car fixed, we're out of here without giving any more information. And he's like, oh, well, what happened? He's like, an animal broke it or something like that. Something to that effect. And hmm. more confused than anything, he's like, well... What do you mean an animal broke it? <laughs> and the guy just doesn't answer him. And so he kind of just is creeped out. But the look on the guy's face as he's just kind of talking to him, he says, was more terrifying than anything else. Because the man looked frantic. And he looked scared. So he gets back in his canoe, heads back down the river. And, I mean, they do find some good fishing places. So they end up going fishing later on that day. And then head out on a safari that that day as well to go see if they can find any other animals. And one of the girls from the U.S., he says, is pretty scared, maybe seeing like some large wild animals. And he's like, honestly, you have nothing to worry about. Unless you see us panic, then you can be scared. (laughs) Just kind of trying to make a joke out of it, right? And everyone laughs. They all think it's funny. They end up going back later that day, and they noticed that the people that he had seen down the river had set up camp now directly across from their camp, like they were coming down this road, and that was probably where they got to. So they're sitting around their own campfire, and he says they're telling scary stories, stuff like that, the obvious things you're doing around a campfire. He pauses, and he's like, hold up. Everyone be quiet. He thought he heard something, and so he takes his rifle out and looks through the scope at the other camp because he hears the sound like he feels like it's coming from the other camp. As he looks through the scope, he sees one of the men, and it was the man that he had talked to earlier that day. He was standing up by his car, and then all of a sudden he's gone, as if something had just grabbed him. 
and like yanked him to the ground. Strange. And he pulls back. He's like terrified at what he saw, but he didn't see like anything besides the guy just disappear. His uncle then like noticing that he is kind of confused and a little scared, grabs the gun and like looks through the scope and goes white. And all of a sudden he's like, everyone pack your things. We have to go. And everyone's just kind of like, what do you mean? And then the girl pulls out her camera and like zooms in on the area of the other camp. And she says, it's looking at us. And all of a sudden they just start packing their things up and throwing it in the car. And they did this in about 10, 15 minutes. Then as they're like getting ready to hop in the car, they hear these sounds coming from just beyond the firelight of behind their car. And it's like rustling in the bushes and like stomping around. So he tells like his friends from the U.S. and his uncle's like, okay, everyone back up, start backing up towards the river. And what's going through his mind at this point is, I feel like the only thing that's going to be able to protect us is the hippos and the crocodiles in the river. Well, excuse me, huh? So he's like, everyone get in the canoes. <laughs> and so they start backing up towards the river. Dude, when that's your option, you're after. <laughs> and they all slowly get into the canoes as they hear like this rustling in the bushes start coming closer. They shove off. And after they get 20, 30 feet, we're talking the freaking Fellowship of the Ring, 20, 30 feet and the, they show up on buckleberry ferry <laughs> something comes out of the bushes so whatever it is comes out of the bushes and they left all of their stuff in the car like they didn't have any flashlights the only thing illuminating this thing is the moon he says the only way to describe it is a humanoid figure and they could tell that there was a blood stain all the way down its chest as if it had just been feasting and it just stayed there staring at them. As they paddle out into the river further as, as far as they can, because they still have to be able to not get taken down the river with the current, they just keep paddling, making sure they're not getting taken away into the rapids, and it just watches them for hours. He says by the time the sun come up, it backed into the bushes. And shortly after, within 30 minutes to an hour, the park rangers show up. And they, assuming that he and his friends are poachers, like pull their guns on them, tell them to come into the come into the shore. And once they do that, they start explaining their story, telling them what they just experienced. And as the park rangers are hearing this story, they're like, there were no other people here in this park. We didn't issue any other permits. So like, no, we swear there were people. We talked to them. And they head out over to where this other camp had been. By the time they get there, there's nothing at the camp. Hmm. Only thing that they can find is these footprints that he'd seen the previous days. Now he says he doesn't know what it was, and he's going to eventually end up going back to the park, but not to the same area. He said he'll keep us updated if he ever sees anything. Wow. I looked for updates and didn't see anything, though, so this oh. has to be pretty recent. Dude, that reminds me of the story that you told of the camping in the mountains right over here. Camping in the mountains over here. Oh, with like the rehab rehab kids. Yeah, and like the oh yeah the bones scattered. We still got to get that the, guy on the podcast. They weren't alone. True, true. Hmm. But his the title of his story is Manipool Skinwalker. Whoa! 
Because he doesn't know what it is. That's the best explanation he can come up with. Yep. And he even went as far as to say, could it be the park rangers? Like they're in on it? Like they're in on it, either letting that, people come in. Mm, and To like feed this thing? Feed this thing or potentially being whatever it is. I don't think I've ever heard like a of like a cryptid in like the African continent as a whole. I usually hear about like voodoo and like witch doctors. Mm. And then when they talk about like creatures, they talk about like like panthers or leopards, you know, like actual animals. Things that exist, yeah. 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 So this is the first time that I'm hearing about. Yeah, me too. That's what it, what intrigued me so much about the story too is that you don't hear about cryptids in Africa, but out of all of the places in the world, it seems like a place that would have them. Well, dude, it's huge. It's huge in the rainforest yeah. and the yeah. animals that are already there. So, wow. dude, I legit felt like I was watching a movie when you were telling the story. Like I could, I could hear the frogs and like the water and the stream as they like kicked off in their canoes, like super terrified. Yeah, I don't know. Like the fact that crocodiles and hippos are what going to save us. <laughs> they would rather do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. dude. I still want to go to Africa. Hmm. Still want to go and explore a couple different places. I would love to go. My wife's been on a safari there and said it was one of her most memorable favorite things she's ever done. That's what I've heard. They got chased by a bull elephant. Um, One of my friends. One of my friends stayed at like that giraffe hotel in Kenya. Yeah, Yeah. she actually got uh, engaged there. Damn! But her fiance and his family are (laughs) balling. But yeah, she has videos of. Just eating breakfast and the giraffes are sticking their heads into the to their rooms and they're just like feeding them right there. It's like uh you can afford the Scipio petting zoo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just a petting zoo at a gas station in Utah. It's actually legit though. It kind of is. Feed, feed the emus. They got emus. Yeah. And a DQ. Dude, blizzards um, and emus. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know. That's like the super romanticized version of africa yeah but but there's got to be so much more out there that like we just have no idea i remember when vice was starting to get big on youtube and doing all these when they were cool still yeah when they were cool still (laughs) they were doing i don't know just cool things Uh uh-huh uh i remember the one of the first videos i watched was a mini documentary on the cannibal warlords of liberia damn yeah, that was like 2013 YouTube, but do you know that there are legitimate theories that like there's brontosaurus in Ethiopia? Or I've heard that. I yeah. don't know if it's Ethiopia or the Congo or something. I would assume the Congo. Mm. Uh, I'll, just to recap real quick, like there's myth and legends of them, and it's so remote, it's so impossible to get there. It's not like you can take a flight and then land there. It's like you take ten flights, bus rides, boat rides to get to these remote places. Yeah. You have to know people who can translate the tribal, you know, different tribe. Anyway, uh, David Cho went looking for him. Um, He's a famous graffiti artist who did a painting for Facebook, made $14 million. Damn. He was like, he was, uh, David Cho's life is insane. He was hitchhiking around the world at age like 14. Like his parents disowned him, got rid of him. He was like over in like Europe when he heard about this dinosaur in Africa and he's like I'm going and he decided to go so he spent like every ounce of of like money and resource to get there got there and com- almost died 
and he went searching for this thing. They and uh, he like talked to the pygmy tribe that was there, and they talked about it like it was an everyday occurrence. And it was like they didn't have the concept of lying, like this tribe. Huh. And he would talk to them like, oh yeah, like they had a name for it. And they're like, yeah, yeah, you see it all the time. You see it near the water. You go up here and you see it. He didn't see it. He didn't end up seeing it or capturing it, but he wasn't there that long. He ended up getting lost with a guy and they got lost for like seven days in the forest, jungle rather, and almost ate each other until they were <laughs> saved. Damn. Yeah. Like he, he, he was like hallucinating. He was on the verge of death. Yeah. Anyway, when I was in Australia, I hung out with a family from Sierra Leone. Oh, yeah. If you know the, the, the history of Sierra Leone is diamonds. Yeah. Dude. They had horror stories. And I'm not talking scary stories, ghost stories. I'm talking terrible, terrifying stories and why they escaped. Bro, like firsthand, they were telling me about how they would line kids up and cut their hands off in front of their families. You know what I mean? They would have boys cut their mom's and sister's hands off to like enlist them in the militia. Like blood diamond stuff is a real ass thing. Like it's no joke. So they escaped all that. They escaped the war in Sierra Leone. And he would tell me stories. And he talked so passionately. And he would say, like, to get food, because they were, like, bunkered down in a house. To get food was literally life and death. He was sprinting from house to house. And gunshots are ringing out. People are yelling fire, like, in the distance. Men running with torches. And he's, like, hiding under houses and trying to get, like, something to eat, right? Like, listening to him talk, I could listen to him forever. I wish we could get into contact with him and have him come on. But since I was a missionary at the time, he would talk to me, and he'd be like, as a man of God, like you need to protect yourself from the witches. And he would always talk about the witches and wizards of Africa hmm. and how it is real, and they will come for you, and they will, like, destroy you. Men yeah. of God. They target men of God. So I would love, if you're out there and you know anything about, like, African culture, you know, anything about any of those superstitions, please hit us up. We'd love to hear. Dude, dude, my homie Ron, he served in Sierra Leone. Bro! I asked him about stories before and he's like, no, man, we we weren't even allowed to go out on some of those nights where they had like witchcraft. Like, he said for a whole week he had to stay in his apartment one time, stuff like that. Damn. I'll have to ask him. I know someone else who served in Sierra Leone too. Or push him. Be like, bro, you should ask some people and Oh, yeah. You should come on. At least, if not like scary stories, just teach us about the culture. Teach us about what it was like to live there. Yeah. That's crazy. That was fun. Two fun topics we haven't really explored. Dude, I was tripped out. Guys, thank you so much. It's been a good evening. Agreed. We've been all around the world. Dude, we've been exploring. the world. (laughs) Continue to send in your stories. We appreciate all the love. We have a couple t-shirts left if anyone's interested. Supporting mm-hmm. the podcast that way. Uh, bonus content every week on Patreon. Mm-hmm. And 3M mugs. DM me if oh, you want one. Shit. Only 10. I already have three orders who've chosen numbers. So they all have a number on them. They're numbered 1 through 10. So first people to DM me and claim a number gets it. And we'll get that sorted. But anyway, that's exciting. Love you all. Everyone out there listening, bye, love you, be safe. Be careful out there. Trust your gut, watch your back.
Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of 3AM. If you want to support us, visit our Patreon where patrons have access to exclusive content. If you're not able to support us monetarily, don't worry. This episode is on us. You can still rate and review us on whatever platform you listen to us on. It really does go a long way. You can also follow us on social media. Our handle everywhere, including Patreon, is the 3AM Pod. Finally, do you have any scary stories? If so, submit them to our website, the3ampodcast.com. We love any audio or visual aids that can help bring your stories to life. So file uploads are welcome with your written submissions. We're anxious and excited to hear from you. Hi, I'm Sean McCabe. And I'm Carrie McCabe. We are, well, married, obviously, (laughs) but we're also obsessed with the darker side of things. True crime stories, alien abductions, poltergeists. If it leaves you scratching your head and keeping those lights on at night, we want to hear about it. That's why we host the podcast Ain't It Scary with Sean and Carrie. Every week, we bring our listeners a true story guaranteed to send chills down your spine, from history's most brutal serial killers to the mystery of spontaneous human combustion. Yep, lots of these stories leave unanswered questions behind, and you'll get to poke through the rubble of the evidence with a hardened skeptic and... Someone whose mind is more open to fun. Yeah, that's what I was going to (laughs) say. You can find Ain't It Scary with Sean and Carrie wherever you get your podcasts, and on social media at Ain't It Scary. Come play with us. So when the scammer uses the hypnotic method of building rapport, then they create dysfunctional, delusional reality. That's how a scam begins. Convincing the mark that it makes perfect sense to hand over their money to a con artist. The Scams and Cons podcast tells you how scams are run. You'll hear how people are convinced to buy fake art, buy machines that print money, or steal your house. I get a phone call from my wife, and she let me know that they had decided to move all our stuff out. I can no longer do anything about it except go through an eviction. And you'll hear it from the experts, people who run the cons. So we go to your bank, you go in and get 6,000 cash, give us each 3,000, we give you this. Uh You go home, and what you find out is cut up newspaper. It's fun to know how the trick is done, and that's what Scams and Cons is all about. Listen at scamsandcons.com or wherever fine podcasts are found.